is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Under Centre Podcast. You are watching our week seven review and I am joined by a very special guest. A guest we haven't had on this show before. I don't think it's an overstatement to say he could be even described as illustrious, (laughs) showing my uh, B in honours English there. We are joined, of course, by Pirates defensive MVP for 2020, Dara. Thank you so much for taking time out of what I'm sure is a busy PR schedule to come and do this show with us this evening. You know what? It's no problem. I always love giving back to the fans, so I'm happy to uh, to, to hop on this uh, very, very handsome-looking podcast with some great hosts. It looks like it's definitely one that people need to check out an awful lot more. Yeah, I think maybe we're also joined, obviously, as you can see down the bottom of the screen by Al. Al, what's rare is wonderful. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you on. And as we have it right now, it's kind of the progression of a winter beard, I think. Mine is kind of coming out of autumn. Yours is getting a little bit colder. And then Dara's is full on nearly when Santa Claus is about to come down the chimney. He's got his full beard going on. Yeah, definitely needs to grow it out just a little bit more. Well, seven days a week 365 guys never <laughs> get rid of it never get rid of it by the way Fionn fantastic intro I must say but Thank I did much. think until you said my name that you were actually introducing Al with that fantastic introduction <laughs> <That's it. laughs> he does deserve a, a great introduction blow. like that he does deserve <laughs> a great introduction like that so uh, I, it wouldn't go amiss if he did get it Absolutely. But, uh, but thank you thank you we'll have to we'll have to get one in Obviously, though, guys, we have to get started with the show. It is our week seven review. Thanks to everybody who watched last week's review and and continue to watch again. Like I said, there's so much going on in the NFL. uh, We don't get a chance to cover everything in one show. So if you guys do have talking points that you'd like to talk about, do hit us up on social medias. We'd be happy, happy to have a bit of banter online with you guys, discuss everyone's thoughts. And with such a busy NFL schedule and such a hectic NFL games we are proud to be brought to you in partnership with Locker they're a new sports app that centralizes premium sports contents and puts the power in the hands of fans to personalize their world of sports this includes a range of premium NFL sources that can be tailored to your fan experience whether that's different media outlets or different teams that you enjoy following you can get it all tailored to you there so you never miss a major storyline of course you do have this podcast as well. We'll make sure you're up to date on all the big talking points. That is available to download uh, for free in Irish and UK app stores, whether that's iOS or Play Store. Anyway, that's the introductions over. Uh, not just my castmates, but also our partnership. So it's time now to dive into the week that was week seven of the NFL season. We would be normally coming up on the halfway point, of course. There is no halfway point. It's like halfway through a game now. Uh, Thanks, NFL, for adding that weird little wrinkle in. We're going to switch it up a little bit. As you said, there's always a lot to get through. So we're going to hit you up this week, guys, with some of the major talking points around the league. And I've kind of curated maybe 10 different talking points. And we're going to see what you guys have to offer. I'll chip in as well. And again, like I keep saying, if you guys do have anything that we missed or you guys would like to talk about, do hit us up. We'd love to chat about it. Our first topic today is Supreme Saquon Barkley, the best running back in the NFL. 
this year. Guys, have a look at some of these stats so far that he's put up. 143 rushing attempts. That's first in the NFL. From that, he has 726 yards, four touchdowns. Those are not stats to be sneezed at. Al, we'll hit you up. Is there a better running back in the NFL right now? I don't know that there is. There's certainly running backs with their names in there. Like Josh Jacobs is having himself a hell of a year so far, and especially the last few weeks. But I don't know that there's been a running back that's been as consistent as Saquon Barkley so far this year. Dara, is there any stopping him? Is he in the MVP talk, do you think? I mean, a quarterback's never going to get it, let's be honest. But is he having a season where you'd put him up there? I can't think off the top of my head of many other running backs that are getting close to him so far this season. Getting close to him? No. I can't think of many others off the top of my head either. Um, you know, I, I'm just I'm just trying to go through it here at the moment and I can't I can't think of like Aaron Jones is having a decent year, but it's in a very underperforming Packers team. You know, um the sort of the Eagles are sort of running back by committee at the moment as well, and they're probably the, the obviously the best team in the NFL. Uh, record-wise at the moment. And then the Bills and the Chiefs, for example, they don't really... They're not known for their running game um, like the uh, at the moment. So it's... Who was, uh, who was uh, the rookie? Is it Pacheco, wasn't it? He was one that uh, was the starter last week for the Chiefs. And obviously it's either Singletary or Moss or um, who's the other one? Cook is going... Is, it, it's kind of between them so no i think saquon it's it's fantastic to see he's had two down years one with injury and then last year coming back from injury and it just shows when you have such a competent sort of head coach and offensive minded head coach and you know put giving him the right scheme and calling the right place to get the very best out of him and this is sort of you know college saquon and first year saquon that we that we saw in the nfl and we've been hoping that he'd come back to it and i'm sure all of his fancy owners that took a punt on him this year are delighted with the output al is it even more surprising giving uh, first of all the overall record of the giants obviously uh, at the moment and that they pretty much are about as one-dimensional as an NFL football team can get. Everybody knows Saquon's going to get a lot of touches. We put that up in our statistics. He's leading the league in terms of touches for a running back. And yet he can still produce a whole heap of yards when teams know what's coming. We saw it against the Packers even where, where Daniel Jones was struggling. I think Saquon took a couple of direct snaps himself. So they're throwing every wrinkle they can to get this guy touches. And he's showing up and showing out. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't I can't get my head around the Giants at the moment. I mean, the, on paper they should be awful. Um, Daniel Jones is, you know, he's he's taken a step this year, but he's not, you know, he's not the quarterback going forward. And um, they've lost pretty much all the receivers. Um, uh, what's his name? Slayton is the only one getting some meaningful touches. They're down. Uh, they're tight end now as well, so I'll have to see that next year. I think it comes down to coaching. Uh, Dable has done an absolutely phenomenal job with this team. He really has. They're just so tough. Just no matter what happens, they just keep coming. And I think I think that's why they're doing so well. You know, they're just they're really relentless team, and they're they're actually pretty fun to watch. Dara, is Dable your runaway coach of the year so far? It's early, I know, but is he? Is there anyone else that's doing a pretty good job in your eyes? Well, I'm going to be called a homer for saying it, but. 
Pete Carroll would probably be Get second out on of the it. list. Second on the me. list. They're second awful. on the list. No, he would, and he would. And the reason why I'd have him second on the list is only because what did we all talk about? And even us, Al, ourselves, we'll admit it, we talk about the start of the season that this Seahawks team are going to go like 3-14. and 14. They're only going to get a couple of wins. And what he's doing with this team at the moment is, is quite well. But I'm saying he's second, as in he's second here, and they balls all the way up here. You know, he's a... I don't know how he's been able to do it with, with this. Every week they lose someone for the rest of the year. Um, I think they lost a few bodies there at the weekend. It wasn't just uh, who was it? it was Dillinger who who was fractured eye socket, just a horrible injury. And Evan Neal went down their rookie right tackle. Um, so that, it's just it's fantastic for for Giants fans and like Al was saying like you're looking at that team and when it comes to every game week, I'm looking at it and you can probably see in my predictions that I'm saying, this is the week that they lose. This is the week that they lose. This is the week that they're going to finally lose. Um, and, it's, and it's just, they're not losing. They're just staying in these games. And, you know, you see, and, and the games take a certain pattern in the first half of games, you can see teams are sort of maybe on top of them a little bit and maybe go ahead, but they are this second half team where they just shut the door defensively on teams. And then they just, if they're behind, they rack up the score to try and get back in front or if they are in front, they'll stay in front. Yeah, I don't think anyone expects the Giants, even Giants fans, to be 16-1 and one at the end of the season. I think everyone can agree this pace is slightly unsustainable, but I think the more wins that they can get at this phase while they're hot, they could be very relevant at the end of the season just based on how the rest of the NFL just seems to be beating itself up a lot well, more they lost, than other seasons. Sorry, Fionn, they lost to the Cowboys, didn't they? That was their one loss. Yes. They'll have to play yeah. the Eagles twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'll okay. have to play the Cowboys again, obviously. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? There are certainly losses coming. I don't think anyone would argue that. I don't think any Giants fan would give out to us for pointing that out. But these wins are not coming for other teams. And so getting all these wins right now could lead to the still stacked win column at the end of the season. And that can push you in to playoffs. So we'll leave the Giants there because one other team that are struggling at the moment, we talked about them last week and it didn't get any better for them this week. Are the Packers plummeting? Normally they have wobbly starts Everyone's pretty sure that Aaron Rodgers is going to turn it around. He gives all these promises to the media and he stands by them. But at some point, this hole is going to get too deep to dig out of. Dara, here is the record for the last three weeks against teams that certainly in the preseason, nobody gave a hope in hell of beating the Green Bay Packers. And here they've given up over 20 points to all three teams. Again, I guess the simple question is, how deep is too deep for Aaron Rodgers to dig himself out of? Well, not just that they've uh, given every team over 20 points. They are struggling to even score 20 points. Um, And look, the easy thing to say about the Packers is, oh, they lost Devontae Adams. That's why they're struggling so much. But they're poor on defense. They're poor on special teams. And they're poor on offense. You know, it's the total opposite of complementary football. And it's... It is concerning, and and for uh, for the reports that have been coming out saying that Aaron Rodgers is just totally disconnected this year, it doesn't sound good. It's we thought maybe this could be his final year, but I think he has one more year left on his contract anyway. Um, he's not the type 
and to want to sort of mold these new wide receivers and get them ready for a few years time. He wants to win now and he's not doing that at the moment. And, you know, there's, there's a scandal coming around the corner, I think with these Packers. Um, And I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be something that's going to rock them even more. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be at the center of it. Maybe an altercation with a coach and with, with a coach LaFleur or something like that. I don't know, but Something's just not right in Green Bay, and I, I think I think we haven't seen the worst of it just yet. Aldara said there that Rodgers is checked out. I mean, do you blame him? This man is the back-to-back MVP, and the absolute garbage that he's thrown to there in Green Bay, surely, as fans and as media, we should be putting a lot more pressure and a lot more, uh, what's the opposite to praise, a lot more negativity on how this front office has dealt with this franchise and this roster when you have a back-to-back MVP quarterback in your roster and you're losing three in a row without scoring many points. That can't all be on Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, I I think there definitely is something to be said for that. I mean, the the mismanagement there is insane. Just like coasting off Devontae Adams for so long not getting any receiving talent, not paying Devontae Adams like they should have. And then, you know, in the draft, they get one receiver, I think. No, they got two. Um, But it's just, it's been pretty criminal, to be honest. But at the same time, you can't let Aaron Rodgers off the hook. He's been inconsistent at best. And as you said, he's been checked out. And that's just not good enough, you know. He... You know, you heard him in the off season and during the season complaining and saying things need to change. And like, what is it? Like, what do you want? Do you want what, actually to change, what, or do are you, want are you saying? Are you saying, Al, that if if Green Bay doesn't win twelve games, it's all Aaron Rodgers' fault because no. he must have just not been checked in? Who's asking the GM if he's checked in? This has been a problem for three seasons. Yeah, and Aaron and Rodgers had to sit there and take it. I don't blame him for being checked out if he is checked out. And uh, not after all the shit he was talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. Yeah, he's but he's a bit of a strange guy, that's for sure. But. I mean, Dara, I, I just can't get my head around this. How do you leave a roster so barren when you have a player so good? And even the running back as well, Jones, can do a lot of damage if only they had any other option. Yeah. Um, it, it It is a little ham. They are a little hamstrung in terms of the contract that they gave Rodgers. I think maybe their plan was that Adams was going to re-sign as well. I think maybe they they had all their eggs in that basket. And when he didn't, they looked at each other and they were like, well, shit. Um, But still, there was some good wide receivers and free agency that he could have went after that he didn't. Um, He ended up just getting Sammy Watkins, which, look, Sammy Watkins spends more time on IR than he does on a football field these days anyway. Um, And he was back last week and... I don't even think he registered. I think he registered maybe one, two catches. That was it. Um, he's not that guy that's going to replace Devontae Adams. Now, I know you probably can't replace Devontae Adams, but uh-huh. try and harshen the blow a little bit. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just, I don't know with, with this Packers. I just, you know, teams go through these barren spells. And I think 
for all the success that the Packers have had for these past few years, of not even few years, but of all the time of Aaron Rodgers, and even before that, for all the time of Brett Favre, like they've never gone through this sort of mire before as a team, or at least not for a long time. And, and look, maybe it's just their time to do that for them, just to you know take stock of everything and and try and rebuild again. As you say, there, this is a development story. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets worse before it gets better, if it gets better at all for Packers fans. One fan base that is not having a very nice season, despite a slightly unusual record, a kind of positive record if you look at it just on paper. That's the Indianapolis Colts. News broke that uh, Matt Ryan has been injured, but Frank Reich has declared that even when he's not injured, he will no longer be starting for the Indianapolis Colts. Al, my question to you is, can Sam Ellinger give the Colts a jolt? Is this the answer, or is this a Hail Mary from a coach that we've had on the hot seat since week one? It's an absolute Hail Mary. I don't think he's going to do anything, if not be worse. I mean, that offensive line is garbage. Just Ryan is under constant pressure there, and there's no way any quarterback can function under that. They don't have enough weapons. They have Jonathan Taylor. That's it. And... They're just, they're not good enough on both sides of the ball. They're not good enough. And they would do well to get Frank Reich out of there now. Blow it up, rebuild. Uh, Ryan Dara is on 20 million, I believe, for the rest of the season and even a little bit more into next season. Uh, I believe the cap hit will be, or dead money will be 40 million if they cut him or somewhere, maybe 25 million, I beg your pardon. Uh, is this maybe actually just a method of asset protection and say, hey, Ryan, you're older. You're not as mobile. This line needs a lot of work in the offseason. We're just going to shut you down. Put the young guy in. If he gets knocked around, we're not in too much trouble. We can always bring you back in off the bench to fill in and close out a couple of games here and there if we feel like you're in it. Is this just asset management in terms of Matt Ryan and keeping him healthy into next season? I don't know if it's that, and I don't know if you want to keep him, not if you, you don't want to keep him healthy, but I don't know if you want to maybe proceed with him next year if you want to continue to be a, a, a decent performing team, because he is top of the, he's top of the rankings in sacks, he's top of the rankings in interceptions, and he's top of the rankings in fumbles this year. What in that makes anyone believe that this wasn't coming? If this was any, if this was a regular quarterback and not Matt Ryan, and, and people would look at that record and say, well, "That guy's going to get benched, and that guy is going to lose his starting job," and I think rightly so. I don't give, I don't proportion all the blame to Matt Ryan on that. Like you mentioned, the offensive line is absolutely terrible. Jonathan Taylor hasn't been able to get going at all this year either. I don't, I still don't think he has a touchdown yet this year. Um, I think he's only had one game over a hundred yards as well rushing. Um, this all kind of also seems like the last act of a desperate man. Um, I think the writing is on the wall. Like we mentioned, we do our hot seat rankings, and Frank Reich has been somewhere on that list all season. And I think, look, spoiler alert for when the rankings come out later this week, he's going back top of the list after this because it's you know it's not worked. He's continuously sort of you know whether this is him solely doing it or it's Chris uh, Ballard as well that's helping him move. but he's continually gone for wanting to go for these veteran quarterbacks um, 
you know, last year it was Carson Wentz, of course. The year before that was Philip Rivers. You know, there was Jacoby Brissett. You know, there was these, instead of going to the draft and trying to develop a young guy, the rumors as well with this Sam Ellinger thing was that the owner, Jim Irsay, actually sort of gave the elbow into the ribs of Frank Reich and said, listen, this guy, we want this guy starting. So if the owner is starting to step in on that as well, I'm sorry, I don't think things look good for Frank Reich. And I think when it comes to Black Monday, first Monday after the regular season ends, I think it's very, very likely that we're going to see Frank Reich's name on that list of coaches that are fired, if he makes it that far. Yeah, look, it's always worrying, I feel like, when a quarterback gets benched for their play on the field more than the backup gets elevated for his play during practice. That doesn't always mean that it's going to end well. And I feel like it's probably a little bit of both. I reckon Matt Ryan is shut down because he does not have the skills to cope with the offense the way that it is now. And it's just not good enough. And Frank Reich needs to do something to win a football game sooner rather than later and keep these Colts relevant because they might've had their last win this season already. But I think as well, it gives Ellinger a little bit of what I said earlier. He's a little bit of cannon fodder, a little bit of youth and exuberance. Maybe he has some legs. I don't know a whole lot about the kid. Maybe he has some legs that can keep him alive a little bit more that Matt Ryan didn't have. And Hey, if he gets injured, he was only a, a pot shot anyway to try and make it as a QB one. So I don't. Well, think an interesting stat there. about him: he averaged ten yards an attempt in the preseason. So he can throw a football at least. He might stretch them out. And look, they definitely yeah. have weapons. Anyone who's kind of watched, they've got great tight ends. Mo Ali Cox, is it Woods? Is he the other gigantic mm. tight end they have? Those are weapons in the in the red zone if they can figure out how to use them. So, look, I think there's still options there. I don't think the Colts are an utterly terrible team, but they're going to have to hope that Sam Ellinger somehow puts some things together that more experienced quarterbacks couldn't do. And you never know. Maybe maybe ignorance is bliss in terms of youth. Uh, but one youthful quarterback who's probably hoping that things turn around rather quickly is Zach Wilson. And all season so far, it's been J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 but only just about. He has not performed well at the quarterback position since he got the starting rollback coming back from injury. These are some of his stats from last week's game against the Denver Broncos. Dara, only every single throw under 10 yards completed. 16 of 26 for just an anemic 121 yards. Basically irrelevant out there. No touchdowns, no interceptions either. Is this a big problem for the Jets that they need to get sorted? Or is this a quarterback who didn't play a lot of football last season, just trying to get his feet underneath them? Um, I'd say it's potentially an issue. I'm not fully convinced yet to say that, yes, this is an issue. But... The stars are starting to align a little bit here for the Jets and that offense where the onus will fall on Zach Wilson a little more and I don't know if he will be up to it just yet. The offensive line, you know, struggled against the the, the Broncos. You know, obviously everyone's seen that video where basically all four Broncos rushers got past their offensive line blockers and chased Zach Wilson down. Um, They've lost... Uh, who did they? They lose. They lose. Uh, uh, Mecky Beacon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they've lost um, uh, Vera Tucker as well this week as well. He's out for the season too. So it's two key offensive line pieces gone. Of course, then the big injury news that we saw coming out of the game was, of course, Brees Hall, the rookie running back who has had a fantastic start to the year. He's out with an ACL. They've made the, the trade for James Robinson, which I think is a very, very good trade. I actually thought myself that they were going to try and go after Cam Akers, but, and I'm surprised that the Jaguars let Robinson go. But um, I think that's a really good move. Whether he'll still have the same production, we'll wait and see. But if the if the onus has to fall more on Zach Wilson, yeah, I would worry a little bit. Um, I also worry about the fact that when Joe Flacco started the season, you know, their rookie wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, had a fantastic start to the year, scoring multiple touchdowns. Since Zach Wilson's gotten back into the team, I don't, you know, his productivity, Garrett Wilson's productivity has just plummeted completely, um, which isn't great too. You want, if this this guy had a, was drafted very high, great potential. You want to try and get the ball to him as much as he can. And he's just not doing it so far. So it can be an issue if, things progress in the way that they're going to rely on him more because I don't think he's ready for that. But well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Al, is it worrying as well that you can obviously see from the stats there? I think it's seven passes of his eight complete of his 16 completions were behind a line of scrimmage two just at the line of scrimmage. I think that just goes to show for me anyway, and I want to get your opinion on this that it's really the coaching staff don't have faith in Zach Wilson because, like you said, Garrett Wilson was able to perform deep balls under Joe Flacco and having that many short and even backwards passes tells me that Zach Wilson is not sure about his reads. Those are nice, easy warm-up throws that most quarterbacks get two of to start the game to get them into rhythm and then off they go. So I think having these elite receivers doesn't seem to be a problem with separation. It seems to be a problem with Zach Wilson getting them the ball. What do you think? Yeah, there's definitely a reason to worry here. Um, he's not been good uh, since he's come back. Now, as you said, might just be him getting his feet under him and he could, you know, have a second half resurgence and he could play really well. But he hasn't, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look confident. He's under a lot of pressure because there's a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Um, I mean, when he's kept clean, um, his numbers are actually pretty good. You know, he's, he, he is a good quarterback when he's kept clean, but he's just not in a good enough situation to be kept clean. He has to learn and quickly to play better under pressure. And I, I don't have a lot of faith in him to do that. Do you think James Robinson's a good fit there? I mean, uh, Brees Hall got a, a lot of yards. I To me, anyway, just at face value, they seem like, Fairly similar running backs. Do you think Robinson can have success here in in New York? I think he can. Uh, I don't think he'll quite be as good as Brees Hall, but I'm happy to be wrong there. Um, But I don't think they'll be able to lean on the run game like they did. And that is going to put a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson, which he may or may not be ready for. We'll have to see. But um, yeah, I don't. He might be uh, Darnold 2.0. We'll see. Dara, you're a fantasy shark. Will you be running out and grabbing uh, Robinson off the waiver war this weekend? Um, I actually, once I saw, I heard about the serious knee injury for Bryce Hall, I went and tried to get Michael Carter on the waiver wire. Then when I found out they made the trade for Robinson, I got rid of that 
waiver request and went over and tried to get James Robinson. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth there. They are still going to run the ball. And I think Robinson is good enough to get yards. He was doing it at the early start of the season with the Jaguars. Um, so we'll see. Will he have the same productivity as Bryce Hall, where he's breaking off like 60 yards or 60 yard runs at least once a game? I don't think so, but he'll definitely sort of be he'll do decent in in that uh in that Jets offense, I think, as long as the offensive line can block for him now that they're bringing in you know uh replacements in, instead of their starting o line, especially in the tackle positions, then that's that's a bit of a worry. Well, look, I love a good segue. And what better way to segue from the new running back situation in the New York Jets to the new running back situation at the Seattle Seahawks? Walker, more like runner. Kenneth Walker has taken over the bulk of the rushing attempts for the Seattle Seahawks over the last two games. He has averaged well over 100 yards between those two games. Great performance last weekend uh, against LA. 168 rushing yards on three attempts and two touchdowns to go along with it. Guys, you are both Seattle Seahawks fans. I'm willing to let you run and wax lyrical now for the next few minutes. I'm not sure I even need to ask a question. Well, first thing I'll say is at least we didn't give up multiple round picks for air, can, for air rolling back, <laughs> unlike another team in our division. Um, but I'll go on and let you go first on this one. Um, he, I know it's you know small small sample size, but he has been so much better than I thought he'd be. He's he's so quick. His cuts are great. He's so much better than my expectations this year. Um, I think he is. Uh, he's leading um, the odds for off, uh, offensive rookie of the year. And I agree with that. I think he's with, unfortunately now with uh, Brees Hollow, I think he's rightfully in the lead there. He's been amazing. And I know a lot of people really didn't like that pick. They would have liked, um, you know, an edge player, another cornerback. But the way things fell, we got those things and they're playing well. This draft was great. And I think Walker was a great pick. Yeah. Um it obviously sucked to see Rashad Penny go down. He was obviously meant to be the workhorse of this Seattle offense, and he was sure, excuse me, he was rolling. But yeah, since Cannon has come in, like you mentioned, he, he he's sort of he's so patient when he first gets the ball and comes to the line. He waits for that gap, and when he sees that gap, he shoots through it and he's gone. And there's no catching him if you saw if he gets through, like we saw with his second touchdown. Um and he's not afraid to sort of beat a few men um, as well and take a few tacklers with him, a la Marshawn Lynch. Um, you got in a oh, fight with Khalil Mack. That is, that is high praise, Darren, to mention yeah. that man and Seattle running backs in the same sentence. Um, and also, yes, you are right. Sorry, uh, Al. He did uh, have no problem standing up to Khalil Mack. Um, but I think that's because Khalil Mack was frustrated at how the day was going and he tried to do a little bit extra after a tackle on the ground and Ken Walker was just not having any of it. Um, it's just uh, just looking at the wider picture, though, the draft class in general, and look, it's getting a lot of praise this week, um, the last couple of weeks, sorry, because of obviously the success of the two rookie tackles, 
Ken Walker, we mentioned Tariq Woolen, Cody Bryant is starting to come into it there as well. Boy, Mafe, although he's not lining up, that sheet has been a very effective um, run stopper on the edge for the Seahawks too. It's just, you know, it's I, you don't want to turn it into a conversation about the former quarterback, but it seems as though weights have been lifted off people in that building and they're enjoying playing the football again now, which is great to see. Um, look, at any stage, this could turn ugly and Seattle could lose two, three on the, on the bounce. Um, it's just, it has been a really good start. Um, it's, it's, it helps when your expectations are on the ground coming into the season, thinking you're only get, you're only going to get three, four wins and you've already gotten that now after seven weeks. You know, it's, it's, it's great to see and, it's even better to see when your other first round pick is struggling so you can still keep that high pick. But yeah, look, great start to the season. Long may it continue. Um, it's great just to see, you know what? It's great to see a Seattle Seahawks defense actually sack a quarterback as well. <laughs> I've not seen that in years. And I think in the last week, last two weeks against Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert, I think they have nine sacks in total. Or something like that. Yeah. Here's here's one. Who do you think leads the league in QB pressures? I've seen this one. Watch. Well, I'll let you answer it. I've it's Uchenna Nuosu. He is ahead. Down of... He's gone now. Nuosu? No. Just a bit of cramp. He was fine. <laughs> but look, lads, I'm I'm really sorry. Maybe we can do a one hour special <laughs> podcast on how brilliant and how what an amazing story the Seattle Seahawks are. And thank God. Russell Wilson's gone, even though Fionn was saying he was shy for the last five years. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Right, Fionn, we, we agree with you. You're right. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. He's okay. no longer your quarterback. Fionn is going to beat that drum for the next 10 years. Hey, I was look, right. Everyone knows in this game, you're very rarely right with your hot takes. We've got to do it up to fill the time. So when one of them hits, you know damn sure I'm going to make sure everyone remembers that I said it. Anyway, we'll move on from one breakout player to another breakout player, a name that's not necessarily a breakout player, Juju Smith-Schuster. Is he getting his mojo? His his targets haven't necessarily gone up. Uh, his receptions haven't necessarily gone up. But my God, what he does with the ball in his hands certainly has over the last two weeks. Two games in a row now, over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns with longest catches of over 40 yards uh, not that the Chiefs needed any more weapons, Al, but have you been impressed with how he settled in? Maybe a slow start to the season, but big-bodied wide receiver uh, who can really do some damage when he gets the ball in his hands in open field. Yeah, definitely. He's been better than he was in uh, Pittsburgh, I think. Um, he's really settling in there. And I think I think part of it is um, you can't double-team everyone. There is a ton. that That offense is loaded. And you can't double team everyone. Someone's going to get open. He's gotten open on some busts at times. Um, but yeah, he's been pretty amazing. Um, well, might be a bit strong, but he's been really good. That offense is super impressive. And of course, when you have Mahomes thrown to you, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. And I'll, or Dara, sorry, as well. He's done these two against two very good defenses. San Francisco defense has been flying around, making a lot of tackles this season. And the week before, they were playing the Buffalo Bills. These are two <clears throat> hot teams. Now, we can argue, and maybe we will next week, about whether San Francisco is really a competitor with Jimmy Garoppolo under center as the roster stands this weekend. Obviously, they've added Christian McCaffrey 
we saw him get involved very quickly. But just keep him with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Is this just them getting hotter and hotter and hotter? And are they now more than they were at the start of the season ready to compete with the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs? We know they just played them recently, uh, but in the playoffs, is this a team that can that can really beat the Buffalo Bills? Seems like the Buffalo Bills are a team to beat now. Well, look, whenever you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you're always in a, in with a chance to win any game. And if we're focusing just on Juju at the moment, then look, a special mention to MVS as well, because he had a fantastic game at the weekend, going over for going for over 100 yards. They're the two sort of free agent signings that came in, and they uh, they are just I think they're just getting used to the offense here and now. You know, they've they've settled in properly. They know what they're doing. Um, Fiona, you mentioned interestingly about the 49ers defense and how they're flying around making tackles. And it was a great, it was an interesting, sorry, um, thing that I noticed watching back the game there last night about the 49ers and something that they exposed, something that the Kansas City Chiefs exposed in it. Is a, it was it actually a Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa is obviously a fantastic pass rusher. Um, he sort of, he commits early and he knows he wants to go and use his speed on the outside and get there. They exposed that so well. If you watch the first Michael Harmon touchdown with the touch pass, he runs in between the D tackle and Nick Bosa in that gap that he's after making, trying to get around to get the sack. Same for um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushing touchdown as well. They went through that gap that he leaves because he's so he rushes, he's trying to use his speed straight away. And obviously they they saw that in the game tape leading up to the game, and they've exposed it. And that's just like that's Andy Reid. Um, and Eric B. Enemy just coming up with these plays and knowing when to do them and knowing to, who to use them against and just showing that like these are offensive masterminds. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, and now you have Juju who's and MVS getting their productivity up. And look, Mikhail Harmon, someone that obviously we've had um, the lads from the Chiefs Focus podcast on before and they've spoken so highly about Mikhail Harmon. Hardman so much and um, that he has been uh, an unsung hero in that team. Now he's getting with Tyreek Hill gone. Now he's starting to show show how important he can be in the team and, and how good of a, a pass catcher he can be. Yeah, I I think for me, it's really scary to see the, the Chiefs. Obviously, we knew before that they can spread the weapons around. They've never been shy. They obviously always got Tyreek Hill involved along with Travis Kelsey. But now you've got Travis Kelsey, you've got uh, Valdez Scantling, and you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, all of which are threats on their own. And so you can go to the hot hand, and you can do it in a lot of different ways. They're big body wide receivers. They're fast wide receivers. You can throw it out in the flat, let them run with it. You can hit a deep ball into the end zone. It just opens up everything for that offense and an offense that most defenses were trying to shut down. So I think it's going to be a big problem going forward for a lot of teams. And we're going to have to look at it really closely as the season goes on, because I think that wide receiver pairing is very dangerous. Throw in that tight end. The running back hasn't had to do a whole lot so far, but they can get that going if they need to. So look, I think one of my uh, bets for next next week will definitely be a, a cheeky Juju Smith-Schuster anytime touchdown. Let's see if he can keep 
the scoring streak going. But we'll you move said on. it out loud. It's not going to happen now. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, I, I just suckered everybody else. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on Valdez Scantling now, and we will all be happy and laughing at the end of the week. Anyway, we've one more player break. Actually, player to talk the about. Chiefs are on oh, a bye this week, so that bet's not going to go. Okay, anyway. right there. You go. That shows that shows who's not doing their research on this show. Anyway, so. But look, we've one more breakout player to talk about, and that is, of course, of course, Dante Foreman, uh, who was a very successful runner last week for the Carolina Panthers in their, let's be honest, quite shocking victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He went 118 yards off just 15 carries. Now, that's by far the most attempts he's had all season. He's He's barely got involved so far. We don't have our Panthers insider, Rian, here to talk to us about this. Uh, but do you think this is extremely important for Carolina going forward, given the running back that they just lost? Uh, Dara, probably we'll start with you on this one. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey no longer there. Is Dante Foreman going to step up and take over this run game? I think it would be a mixture of Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard as well, because he was the one that actually ran in for the touchdown in that game on Sunday. Um, he obviously didn't have as many yards as Foreman, but Foreman is a quite a good back to have. We saw last season, he deputized when Derrick Henry was out injured with the Titans, um, and he had a lot of uh, a lot of good games in, towards the end of the season. And look, maybe if the Titans had stuck with him, being the hot hand in the playoffs, he might have maybe gone further, um, and maybe instead of the cold hands of Derrick Henry, but look, that's last season. Hindsight is twenty twenty. What doesn't matter. But yeah, the Sunday was such such a weird day. And if Rain was on with us, he'd tell you that as well. Like no one would have expected that. Like for for the books to be kept to just three points as well. And then Carolina with PJ Walker on their center, who was three and one as a starter now, by the way, three and one for for PJ Walker. Go him. Um. Yeah, it was just this. It was I don't know what was going on with this with this Panthers team, but I'd, I'd like to throw a question back to you, Fionn, because actually you've been mm-hmm. so gracious in your hosting uh, tonight that you haven't really gotten to give your point of view a little bit. This game on Sunday, do you think it was more down to do more down to how well Carolina played, or how concerning at how badly Tampa Bay played? Oh, I'm a hundred percent concerned about Tampa Bay. Carolina have shown us what kind of team they are. I, I know Christian McCaffrey has his injury worries, but this team did not get better by getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. PJ Walker has been around the league plenty to tell me that he's one of these backups that's got hot, but he's still a backup quarterback. This will not be the starter for the Carolina Panthers into next season. I can guarantee you that. So for me, this is definitely a collapse on the Buccaneers side. I don't understand why they played not well, but they got wins at the start of the season when they had a lot of weapons out, and only now they're starting to get those weapons back, and all of a sudden, the offense is choked up. Even Leonard Fournette, I know I have him on my fantasy. No yards, basically nothing all season, and I don't believe that's down to the Carolina Panthers choking uh, defense, and as much as Reem would tell you that that defense is world-beating, I don't believe it, and I don't think we've seen it this season. So, yeah, Based on the evidence that I've got so far, I think this is a Buccaneers collapse in this game. I think they have to be very careful. They don't translate this over. We could see a wobble, something similar to what the Green Bay Packers are going through. A lot of pundits are drawing that comparison between those two guys. Obviously, two of the older quarterbacks in the league. At some point, 
they're going to fall off a cliff. They're trying to do a Fionn, call the cliff early. I don't think it's quite that time, although Tom Brady's already 49 years of age or whatever he is at this point. Uh, he's going to retire at some point. But yeah, at the, to answer your question the long way around, yes, I think this was definitely a Buccaneers dropping the ball, so to speak, more than a Carolina resurgence. I don't, I won't have them favorites coming into next week. That's for sure. Although they're probably on a bye week as well. What do I know? But anyway, <laughs> they're playing the Thursday night football. Okay, of course. Thank God. So there is a game to go. One guy who did have a pretty bad week, lads. Mac Jones. Is Mac getting the sack? Uh, it was he was swapped out for Bailey Zappi only after three series of football. Bill Belichick. KG, as usual in his post-game conferences, did suggest that this was a pre-planned, not necessarily at this moment, but they did plan to use both quarterbacks in this game, given, obviously, that Mac Jones is recovering from a high ankle sprain. And Zappi hasn't been playing too badly over the last couple of games that he's had to deputize. Uh, Al, how bad is this for Mac Jones? Is this... Maybe the end of his tenure. It's weird. He seems to suit Bill Belichick's mold for a quarterback, but maybe that's not the only way Bill Belichick wants his quarterbacks to play. I don't think it'll be the end of his tenure. Um, I think I think he will get time to play. Um, but Zappi has played well, and you could argue he's played better than Mac Jones, even when he was healthy. Um, he had that team going well. Um, before the Lions buy, he blew them out 29 nothing um and then uh what was the game after that what was this week where's my head at um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but no zappy has been what looks like a better quarterback than mac jones i don't think that's the end of his tenure i i think you have to give mac jones a bit more time and especially given he's a first round pick, um, you have to you have to see what he has there. See if he can get this offense moving. See if he can settle in. But Zappi's going to be on his heels because he did play well and he did get this offense moving and he did look better than Mac Jones did yesterday. Hmm. Pretty anemic though, still, Dara. Do you, do you not think, or do you put this down to uh, <clears throat> Justin Fields, a man I love to heap trash on? But Ryan had a look at him last week. He's QB one. <clears throat> In the Pirates' eyes, he told me, no, not all on him. So I'm going to listen to Rian here. I, I don't normally listen to my brother, but I'm going to take his word for it, a quarterback that. It's not all on Justin Fields. 33 points. He did throw only one of those touchdowns uh, and did throw an interception, but he ran a, a touchdown in for himself. I think at least one for sure. Uh, does Justin Fields just need to play in the rain every week? Is that the only way we get a good Justin Fields quarterback? Yeah. Also, that touchdown pass he did show, he got leveled. He was a Patriots sandwich. He was a meat and a Patriots sandwich. He was in that. But yet, the refs never re- threw a flag for roughing the pass. He's too new. He's too new. You don't get Interesting, the. Isn't it? You don't get the the quarterback. They're scared after the flag they got for the Tom Brady flag. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the Patriots, and we mentioned obviously in in our I mentioned it in our group chat that I I feel a little bit for whoever is in the the quarterback position in in New England. First of all, you have the Tom Brady shadow over you, no matter what, because you are the the guy after the guy. You're also there with, with Bill, and and we've seen the under investment in that team for years. 
for the Patriots in the skilled position areas. Now, they spent money last year getting the, the two tight ends in. They don't really seem to be using them a lot, John Smith and Hunter Henry. And the wide receiver things, you're looking at what Devontae Parker, um, who's it? Is it Nikhil Harry is out there, Jacoby Myers. You know, Isn't not... it, didn't Nikhil Harry go to the Rams? Did he? Sorry, Nikhil Harry probably did. No, no, he didn't go to the Rams. No, I don't think so. Oh, no, that was no, wrong. It... Sonny Michelle. <laughs> Sonny Michelle, yeah, yeah. Um, or did Nikhil Harry go? Was he released and he went? I think he went to the, might have gone to the Bears. Um, but anyway, look, not household names in the wide receiver position. Um, you know they have focused on a running game this this uh, this year, and Ramondre Stevenson has had a very good couple of weeks covering for Damian Harris, who's been out injured. But you know, and look, it was a high ankle sprain that the same high ankle sprain that David and Joku got this weekend, and he's expected to be out for two to five weeks. Mac Jones missed one, two games, was it? Two games he just missed was the Lions game and the the Packers game, um. And he's coming back and he's refusing injury or refusing surgery. There's there's an air of discontent there going on at the moment. And it, it, it could be a little worrying um, going forward there for Mac Jones and the team. And look, Bill Belichick will have no problem playing Bailey Zappi um, if he needs to. And if, if he needs to prove a point to Mac Jones as well, saying that, look, listen, you may be unhappy that I want you to get surgery or you may be unhappy that I'm not get, letting you throw the ball as many times as you want. But if you don't want to do it my way, I'll get this guy and you can, you know, get lost. And he'll have no problem doing that. Um, but, look, I don't know. I don't know with, with, with Mac Jones. and yeah, Not really convinced by him last year despite the good season and still not convinced by him. And, look, you know, I don't know. I think we all know that that our one Patriots fan friend that will listen to this and come after us because we're giving out about Mac Jones. And so we'll uh, wait and see. But yeah, look, yeah, give it to Bailey Zappi. Why not? Because he basically looks like <laughs> Mac Jones anyway, doesn't he? A chip off the old block, maybe. Yeah. Well, one quarterback whose face we definitely recognize is returning to a team that I do not like to talk about very often. Dak. Prescott is back and on track, or is he? He had a pretty good game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, how long that can keep going? We don't know. That's what I want you guys to tell me. Al, are you convinced that he's back to winning ways, or uh, is the shakes from the start of the season probably still around somewhere and you want to see a few more good games before you're willing to call the cobwebs well and truly dusted? I think I'll need to see a few more games. Like he, he was, you know, he was service, serviceable yesterday. I, I thought he played okay, um, but it was the defense and Jared Goof that won that game for them. Um, the defense uh, played excellent yesterday and have been playing excellent all year. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna need to see more games. Like he did play well, but he wasn't playing all that great before the injury. So I I don't know, especially when he got outperformed by Cooper Rush uh, the next week after uh, he got out. So I'm definitely going to need to see some more uh, performances from, need to see some uh, improvement there. He has a decent offensive line. He's got a good rushing attack. He has good receivers, good tight ends. 
you need to see more production out of that offense to say, yeah, Dak's back, Dak's good, and Dak is worth what nearly fifty million dollars. Well, look, we've had this discussion several times, and I will still maintain he's never worth the amount of money that the <laughs> Cowboys paid him. But hey. Why should I complain? They paid him, they paid Zeke, and now they're stuck with the two of them. That's only good for Washington if we could finally yeah. is is, turn is the Zeke contract the worst contract in the league? Certainly seems like it. Based on last year's output, it certainly was. Uh, I don't know, and I think as well, given that it's impossible to move them on as well. There's been some bad running back contracts that they've managed to teams have managed to get it out from underneath of. Uh, but it feels like just either true monetary value or jerry jones saying that that zeke is his running back that might be uh the reason that they're stuck in that contract i can think of a worse contract go for it there come on russell wilson there you go yeah there you go the output of a p uh but it definitely probably the most expensive p ever bought in your life uh we'll probably leave the cowboys there i'm sure some Cowboys fan will be upset, but I'm a Washington fan and I control the show today. So we're moving on. <laughs> the final the final topic we have to talk about is a depressing one if you're a Saints fan. Is Dalton dimming the Saints? The once very pleasant to look at Saints offense has been stifled a little bit. He's a very conservative in his quarterback play. He gave up three interceptions Uh, Despite throwing four touchdowns and 361 yards, plenty of numbers, but not enough to get the win against a poor Arizona Cardinals team. Al, it stood out to me that this high score is probably more down to two poor defenses than two excellent offenses. Would you agree with that take? Or do you think, no, actually these quarterbacks were having a shootout and we should take it for that. Um, yeah, I'd mostly agree. Um, the defenses weren't, you know, anything to shout about. The the Saints pass rush just disappeared for some reason. Um, I don't know whether it was because the Cardinals offensive line was playing brilliantly. Um, I, I don't know about that. They've been good at run blocking, but um, Kyler played okay. Um, he played a bit better than he has been. Um, but I, I don't think neither of those offenses um, or defenses uh, impressed me very much watching that game. I think um, a lot of the picks, two of them weren't really Dalton's fault. Uh, the first one was just unlucky. It was a tip pass. Uh, the second one was about 50-50. The one in the end zone was definitely his fault. <laughs> he threw it straight to the defender. That was a bad team or that was a bad pass. Um. Yeah, you, you just want to watch out with the Saints. Uh, Dalton is not the guy, and they don't want to fall into the same trap as the Colts of just going for these um, old bargain basement quarterbacks. They have to draft one. The, the, do they have a first-round pick this year? They have two. I don't know. They have two? Ah. Well, then they have to go get a, get a quarterback this year. Dari, you agree? And if you are, what, what style of quarterback are you going? Are you going for the new dual threat style? Or will they try and get a pocket passer a la Drew Brees, given this offense hasn't shifted completely away from that? It hasn't, but 
I think they're just a bad team. And I, th- I think people are, are not willing to accept that with the Saints, but they are. They're just a bad team. Um, you know, it's either Jameis or Dalton. And look, you, you don't really want either of them leading your team. And look, we'll have to see. It'd be interesting. They may have to go for the dual trek quarterback only because next year it probably looks like Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for a good chunk of games due to the domestic violence incident at the Pro Bowl of all things at, in Vegas last season. Um, yeah, the two first round picks are an advantage um, for sure, whether they have the position to take a quarterback with one of those picks or they can sample pack, package them together to move up in the board. Um, yeah, it's just that... The, there's pieces to the team, but they spent money on Tyron Matthew bringing him in on a very big contract. That same Tyron Matthew who the Chiefs were happy to let go and not give him a big contract and who bounced around different teams in terms of uh, his demands were obviously not getting met um, and maybe his production doesn't warrant the demands that he was given. Um you know, it, it, it has been known for a strong defense. That is Dennis Allen's defense, but they have taken a big step backwards. Um, the offense, like I said, is not great. They, they're relying on these always injured wide receivers to come back and keep saying, oh, they're going to come back. They're going to do well, like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, who've missed multiple weeks now at this stage. Um, I saw there was a great... There was a great meme, actually. It was uh, to do with the Brian Robertson Jr., the commander's running back, who, um, commander's running back, Brian Robertson Jr., shot in the leg twice, missed three games. Uh, Michael Thomas has a foot injury, missing three games, plus more. You know, he's never in, he's never fit. And, you know, Chris Olave is a stud. He looks like he's going to be a great wide receiver. You're just going to have to get yourself a good quarterback now to give him the ball and, you know, try and take that team forward. But looking at the wider picture, the whole NFC South this year is awful. None of those teams have winning records. Um, So I guess it's all right to have a down year this year because you're not falling too far behind. They're still in with a chance to win the division, even though with every loss, because every team around them is still losing too. So still up for grabs. But yeah, I just just think the Saints are just a, they're just a bad team. Yeah, well, look, I think the only saving grace for the Saints, from my point of view, is if you do go for that dual track quarterback, obviously uh, they've had Heal in there. He is essentially a dual track quarterback. The offense has worked well with him in there. Now, he's not good enough himself to carry that out for a season, but I think it does bode well to say that the defense or the offense can adapt, can fit that style of quarterback, and can be effective and efficient as long as that quarterback has the standard that's required on. I guess you can say that about every team. Anyway, guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for all your help today in recapping week seven. We are obviously brought to you in partnership with Locker, as we mentioned before. So we do encourage you guys, download that app if you're in the Republic of Ireland or the UK. It is free on all of the uh, app stores, wherever you get your apps. We will be working closely with them over the next year and hopefully do some some really cool things and and have some content up there for you guys. So make sure you're in there early with everything set up. It's a great place to get all the NFL news tailored to you, tailored to the, and you can also get other sports as well. So it really is a one-stop shop for very premium news content, sports news content 
uh, that will keep you up to date on everything that's going on. Of course, we will do our level best to do the same for you. You can listen to us on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever else you get your your podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube under Center Podcast. And like I say always, it's impossible for us to get through all of the talking points of a week. If you want to pick our brains, if you want to tell us you're wrong, if you want to agree with us for uh, whatever reason, get in touch with us on the social medias at under Center Podcast, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on Facebook as well if you want to hit us up on that. So, Dara, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. No problem. Thank you, Phil. Congratulations again on your magnificent defensive MVP for 2022 for the North Dublin Pirates. It was well-deserved having played alongside you on that defense all season. Al, you haven't played with us last season, so I don't have any uh, glowing <laughs> endorsement for you. But your insights were very concise, very well articulated. So, of course, I thank you for that, and probably so do all our listeners. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. No problem. Thanks for having me on. And from me, thank you very much. We will talk to you all later in the week where we will give our week eight previews uh, and keep you up to date with any news that's happening around the league. Do stay in touch with us on the social medias uh, and we'll see you all later in the week.